Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Bassett. God in heaven is the creator of all things. The Bible says, By him do all things consist, and Without him was not anything made that was made. The deeper we dig in scientific studies, the more clearly the fingerprints of our Creator are seen. The more closely you investigate this amazing world, the more easily you see that it was designed by a master planner. To explore the intricate structures of life and to conclude that it's random and coincidental is utter foolishness. Any sincere person can observe that our fascinating universe is the product of a brilliant creator. And the only person who can closely examine nature and come away believing that, obviously, this is the result of billions and billions of years of gradual, random improvement. I say, the only person who can believe that is the person who approaches their investigation with a predetermined agenda. Every sincere thinking person who investigates the complexities of life comes to the conclusion that, hey, there was a designer. There was a creator. God is the creator of all things. If he's the creator of all things, that means he's your creator. When people tell me, well, I'm just not into God. Okay, but he made you. It might not be a bad idea to at least acknowledge him. Maybe a little less using his name as your favorite curse word and a little more Thank you, Creator, for life, for strength, for clean air and clean water. He created you. There's an indisputable inherent connection between the Creator and His creation. You are God's creation. God is your Creator. You may call yourself an atheist, but just you saying that you don't believe doesn't change the fact that God created you. You may call yourself an agnostic. But just you saying that you don't know doesn't change the fact that God created you. The fingerprints of your Creator are so indisputably obvious in your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional makeup. And though you may ignore Him, deny Him, resent Him, reject Him, hate Him, or curse Him, He's still your Creator. He's still the most significant influence in your life. God is the creator of the world, and he's your creator. Not only is God the creator of the world, he's also the sustainer of the world. Colossians 1.17 says, By him all things consist. God is the sustainer of life in this world. God is life, and God is the only source of life. There's no life without God. When you remove God from anything, you remove life. The concept of life includes physical life, mental life, emotional life, spiritual life. Life is an all-encompassing phenomenon. And when you remove God from any entity, you are removing life from that entity. God is the only source of life, and therefore, He is the sustainer of all life. God's life is what keeps all of life living. What keeps your heart beating? God does. What keeps the earth rotating on its axis? God does. What keeps the many cycles of life moving in nature? 
God does. When you rave about the wonders of nature, you're raving about the wonder of God. When you marvel at the instincts and abilities of animals, you're marveling at God. When you stand in awe of new life all around you every spring, you're standing in awe of God because God is life and He's the sustainer of life. Every breath you take, every piece of fruit that you enjoy, every new flower that blooms in your garden, every bird that sings outside your window, every breathtaking view that you enjoy in any season of the year, you can thank God, the creator and sustainer of life. Every time a cut on your arm scabs over and heals, every time a bee or a butterfly unwittingly contributes to the process of pollination, every time you awake to see the dew on the early morning grass, every time you witness any one of the countless other examples of our stunningly interdependent world, you are watching God the Sustainer do His amazing work. Now wait, God's not just the Sustainer. He's your Sustainer. Call yourself a self-made man if you like, but you don't have the nerve to tell God, God, I won't be needing you to help me breathe anymore. I can breathe just fine on my own. You wouldn't dare do that because something deep in your heart tells you that you do need God. I was leading a weekly Bible study several years ago, and there was a guy who had just started attending and showing interest, but he wasn't sure what to make of it all. So he came to the Bible study one night, and he said in front of everybody, you know, I haven't really been paying much attention to God lately, and the truth is, things have been going really good for me. He went on to give us a few examples of how things had gone really well for him while he'd been basically ignoring God. And he said, I'm not so sure that I need God. So I said, okay, let's tell him that. Let me pray with you right now and tell God that you can do fine on your own. You don't need him. He said, sure, no problem. And so we prayed right there together. The next week I went back for the Bible study. The guy had gotten there before I arrived. He was waiting for me. And before we even got started, he said, please, right now, tell God to reverse that. This was the worst week of my life. Everything went wrong, and I didn't know what to do about it. I need God back. And whether or not you acknowledge it, you need God. He's the sustainer of your life, your health, your emotional strength, your mental health, your spiritual health, your family, everything. God is the sustainer of all life. Two roles God plays for everybody, whether they realize it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they believe it or not. God is the creator of every person, and God is the sustainer of every person's life. But there's a third major role that God plays in the life of every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet. God is the redeemer of all life. You see, right from the start of the human race, God gave man the choice to either love and obey him or to reject and rebel against him and do our own thing. And right at the start, man chose to reject and rebel against God and do our own thing. Now, when the created being rebels against its creator, detaches itself from its creator and sustainer, that created being suddenly has a problem because it can't continue to exist on its own. When a living being rebels against the source of its life, that living being begins to die, much like a fish out of water. Why is there so much pain and heartache in the world? Because the creation has rebelled against its creator 
and detached ourselves from our physical, spiritual, and emotional sustainer? Why is the world such an astoundingly beautiful place and at the same time such a horribly scary place? Because mankind has detached himself from the very source of his life. All of creation suffers from man's decision to rebel against our Creator. Plant life didn't rebel against God. Animal life didn't rebel against God. Only mankind did. And since God set man as the steward of his creation, man's rebellion against God affects all of creation. Listen to what the Bible says about that. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the firstfruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. That passage would definitely be worth your time to read and study. That's Romans chapter 8, verses 20 through 23. And what it's saying is that all of creation is held hostage by man's wicked rebellion against his creator. Call me crazy, but my opinion is that the reason that animal life clearly lives with a natural fear of mankind is that their instincts point to humans and say, that's the problem right there. They're the ones that caused all this mess. Could that be why the bees sting? Why the mosquito bites? Why the rabbit and the squirrel run away when they see us coming? That's just my own opinion, but this part is clear. Man's sin and rebellion introduced pain and suffering to the entire creation. And all of creation is held hostage by the consequences of man's sin, our decision to rebel against our Creator. And of course, there's always the person who says, well, if I'd been in the Garden of Eden, I wouldn't have made the choice to rebel against my Creator. And that's always the same person who has so many issues with the things that God clearly states in the Bible. So you would have rebelled against Him at Eden because you're still rebelling against His Word now. All of creation is held hostage by mankind's rebellion against our Creator. But God is so gracious and merciful and loving. God chose to respond to our rebellion by buying us back from our sin, by redeeming us. God paid for our sins through the death of His Son, Jesus Christ, which presented every one of us with a new choice. We can continue in our state of rebellion against Him, or we can receive His means of redemption. Let me say that again. We can choose to continue in our state of rebellion against God, or we can choose to receive His means of redemption. God is our Redeemer. Now, just as all of creation is held hostage by man's rebellion, all of creation is also the beneficiaries of God's work of redemption. Everybody benefits from the fact that Jesus died on the cross for man's sin. Now wait, only those who trust his work of redemption are forgiven and receive everlasting life. 
but everybody benefits from God's work of redemption to some extent. See, if Jesus hadn't died on the cross to redeem his creation, our holy and just creator would have had no choice but to annihilate all of his rebellious creation because God cannot and will not permit rebellion to continue in his universe indefinitely. Hey, our rebellion disconnected us from our life source. We did this to ourselves. But God became a man, and he took the consequences of our rebellion upon himself. He redeemed his entire creation. So just as God is the creator of all things and the sustainer of all things, he is also the redeemer of all things. Whether or not you acknowledge him, he's still your creator. Whether or not you acknowledge him, he's still your sustainer. And whether or not you acknowledge him, he is still your redeemer. You can ignore him, deny him, reject him, resent him, hate him, and curse him if you choose. But you have an inherent, irreversible, effectual connection to your creator your sustainer, and your redeemer. God is the most significant factor of your entire makeup, your entire being. God in heaven is an awesome God, and he wants to show his great love and grace and mercy to you. God is our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer. He's your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. You have an irreversible connection to God. And that's true not only for you, but for every person on this planet. Now, with these facts in mind, I want you to consider several important questions with me this morning. First of all, if God is the creator and the sustainer and the redeemer of all things, what makes us think that we can leave him out of our lives without there being a huge void in our lives? He's not just a piece of the puzzle. He's the center of our whole existence. If we don't factor him into our lives, how can our lives make any sense? When you look at a painting, you always talk about the painter because the painting is the painter. It's more than, well, you know, without the painter, this painting wouldn't be what it is. No, it's more like this painting is the mind, the heart, and the skills of the painter on this canvas. When you read a book, you always give some discussion or some thought to the author. You're reading the very mind and heart of the author. To factor God out of your life is not only an insane act of rebellion, but it also introduces into your life a confusion that will have a profound and ever-increasing effect on everything you think and do. Nothing will make sense until you factor in your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. Nothing will work in your life until you factor in your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. When you acknowledge God and give him his proper place in your life, you'll be amazed at how everything begins to fit together, how everything begins to make sense, how everything begins to work in sync in your life. We have some problems in our nation and in our world that are absolutely not going away. We're in big, big trouble. Anyone who doesn't think so is either very delusional or they're just not paying attention. The solutions to our problems are not political. We're foolish to think that if we could just get the right guy elected, everything would be okay. 
How come we haven't figured out yet that the solutions are not political? It ain't working. Our problem is that we keep pushing the Creator further and further away from us. Can't you see? It's right in front of us. The more we push our Creator, our Sustainer, and our Redeemer out, the worse things get. You look anywhere you want to look, and you'll see that's the case. The more we push our Creator and Sustainer and Redeemer out, the worse things get. Start by looking at history. Every society that has pushed the Creator out has brought about their own demise. And every society that has had a birth or a rebirth has begun by acknowledging and honoring the Creator. That's one of the clearest patterns of history. Push our Creator out of any system, and the system fails. Push our Creator out of any institution, and the institution fails. Push our Creator out of any society, and that society fails. Bring Him back, and you begin to head down the road to recovery. This isn't about my religion or my beliefs or my opinions. This is about your Creator, your Sustainer, your Redeemer. Someone says, that's fine for you, but I just don't see it that way. Yeah, and all those questions that that person has about why life's so unfair and why the world is such a screwed up place, they'll never get them straightened out. Those questions drive people to insanity until they decide to factor in their creator, their sustainer, their redeemer. What makes us think that we can expect this world to make any sense to us when we refuse to factor the creator into his creation? Then there's this question. How in the world do we think that the creator's opinion doesn't matter? Now, I use the word opinion loosely. Because after all, an almighty, all-knowing creator doesn't have any opinions. He just has the facts. But man, we've got so many questions and issues that we debate and fight about. And yet, nobody's allowed to say, well, what does the creator say about it? Oh, don't ask him. That's none of his business. It's the one opinion that nobody's allowed to have. The one question that nobody's allowed to ask. Well, what does the Creator say about this? People can present all of the whacked-out, asinine, repulsive, destructive, perverted, unnatural, unhealthy, deadly ideas they can come up with. But don't anybody ask, what does the Creator say? Because he's not allowed in this discussion. How stupid are we? How bent on self-destruction are we? How dug into our own demise are we? Boy. That's a beautiful sunset over the lake, isn't it? But of course, we can't talk about the one who created it because that's not politically correct. I could just sit and stare up at those amazing stars for hours. Unbelievable. But the God who created those stars? Let's not be talking about him. He has no place in our lives. Have you ever seen anything like those waves as they break on the shore, wave after wave? Have you ever seen anything like those majestic mountains, or those mighty falls, or that incredible canyon? Is there any song sweeter than the songs of those birds? Have you ever seen anything more mind-boggling than that cell under the microscope? It's more complicated than a car engine. It's a small city in there. Wow. But we can't talk about the creator that made it all. That's not allowed here. He's forbidden here. 
His opinion doesn't matter. We don't want to hear what he has to say. And if you start to tell me what he says, I'll get you kicked out of here. I'll get you canceled. But I sure do like what he made. I make a living exploring his creation. I just don't like the creator. His opinion is completely irrelevant. Wow. You know good and well that's what we're doing. We want everybody's input except the creator's. We'll stick a microphone in front of every disgruntled person we can find. But don't consult the Creator. We don't want to hear from Him. We're debating issues and problems that are going to completely redefine our society. We're making decisions on questions that will affect the health and well-being of our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren long after we're gone. How in the world are we so foolish, so ignorant, and so self-absorbed as to reject the opinion of our Creator. God have mercy on us. That leads to one final sobering question. What makes us think that we can deny, ignore, and dismiss our Creator, our Sustainer, and our Redeemer without there being any consequences? This is important. The consequences of our actions and decisions are natural. We have no one to blame for them but ourselves. If you intentionally jump off of a 10-story building, you're going to hit the ground, and barring a miracle, your life will be over. And we all know that if you chose to jump, it's nobody's fault but your own when you hit the ground. You can't blame anybody for not catching you. God created this world with simple, natural laws that we're all aware of. And when we choose to violate those natural laws, there will be consequences. Not consequences of God's punishment, consequences of our own choices. One of those simple laws is that our Creator is the only source of life. And when we choose to disconnect from our Creator, we're choosing to disconnect from life. And when we choose to disconnect from life, it's just a matter of time before we have no more life. This is not God's spiteful punishment. It's the natural consequences of our own decision. When our Creator offers us the remedy of redemption and we choose to reject His remedy, we are persisting in our rejection of life. And the natural consequence of rejecting life is ultimately death. The cycles and systems of life and death are clearly seen all around us throughout creation. And we all understand them and consent that they're true. Cut off a branch from the bush and you've removed it from its source of life. In a matter of time, that cut off branch will wither and die. Pull an apple off of the apple tree and it's cut off from its source of life. In just a matter of time, it will begin to rot. Pick a flower from the plant and you've removed it from its source of life. It's just a matter of time before that flower withers and dies. You say, okay, okay, I get it. Then how come you don't get it that when a human being chooses to cut himself off from his creator and sustainer, he's cutting himself off from his source of life, and death and damnation is inevitable. We can bicker about what we think hell is and where we think it is, and I don't think a loving God would send anybody to hell. But you're totally missing the point. When a man rebels against his creator and chooses to cut himself off from the only source of life, he has chosen death and damnation for himself. 
If the Creator gave him life and forgiveness, he'd be doing it against that man's will. The same guy that complains that the Creator can't tell him what to do can't complain that he wants his Creator to give him forgiveness and eternal life against his will. The same Creator who created the branch and the apple and the flower and made it very obvious that those things must stay connected to their source of life if they want to continue to live, he's the same Creator who says to every human being, Your sin has disconnected you from me. Don't wither and die. Receive my plan of redemption through the death and resurrection of my Son, Jesus Christ. And let me give you forgiveness and everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Please accept God's remedy for your rebellion against him. Talk to him right now. Tell him something like this. Dear God, I've rebelled against you. I'm sorry. I beg you to forgive me. Thank you for providing a remedy for my rebellion. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Right now I'm choosing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Save my soul. Please, give me eternal life. I trust you. Help me to live for you. Amen. Those aren't magic words. That's you expressing to your Creator the decision that you made in your heart. Take it very seriously. You'll never make a more important decision in your life. Thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. The people of Northeast Baptist Church thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you'd like to contact us with a comment or a prayer need, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at forgiven at nbcdanbury.org or you can call the church office at 203-798-7088 We invite you to join our live stream service this morning at 11 You can watch it at nbcdanbury.org on our Northeast Baptist Church Facebook page or on our YouTube channel If you enjoyed the radio broadcast you'll love our church services We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7 God bless you and have a great week